Hello everyone, welcome to Word, the podcast. My name is Megan Lane and I am a female empowerment coach, speaker, writer and mental health advocate. And I'm here to provide a safe space for you to tune in, listen to some honest and vulnerable and inspiring conversations. And I hope that this podcast helps you to make a little more sense out of life. So I love you, I appreciate you and thank you so much for being here. Hi guys, so for today's episode I have with me the amazing, and I'm not even joking when I say this, she's definitely one of my favourite Instagram bloggers and has been for such a long time, it's the amazing Lucy Mountain, hi! Hi, what a lovely intro, thanks Megan. <laughs> You're so welcome, I'll let you talk a little bit about yourself and what you do and, and why. So I guess I'm like an Instagram person, but I'm also a personal trainer. I've got my community, my knobs, but I basically use my platform to help women feel less weird about food, less weird about their bodies, less weird about exercise and just all round like female empowerment vibes is what I'd say. Yeah, fab. I mean, I absolutely love that you call yourself an Instagram person because I feel like <laughs> you and I have the same thing. Like I hate the word influencer and loads of people have said to me over the years, just own it, like just own the word. And I'm like, no, I don't want to, I don't like it. So I actually really love the way that you, I relate to you in that we just take the piss out of it kind of because it's not, you know, it's a weird job and it's an awkward job and it makes us feel a little bit icky sometimes yeah I hate because I, I, I went through a phase where I was like no I'm gonna own it I'm gonna own being called influencer but it just makes me cringe too much I can't take myself yeah. seriously <laughs> I, yeah same I know I'm exactly the same as you so tell me more about the knobs like I think I always see people say to you like what does knob stand for and I love that your community is called they're called your knob I think it's brilliant so what does knobs stand for I have so many Americans that are like, isn't that slang for a penis? And I'm like, yeah, it is. But also, like, it's not just that. Um, So knobs came from no bullshit. So when I was doing, like, more nutrition myth-busting stuff, I was like, I'm no bullshit. And then I kind of squashed that down to no BS. And then we made a Facebook group, Team No BS. And then everyone just kind of closed the gap and started calling each other knobs. And then since then, it is just knobs now. It's not no BS. It's not no bullshit. I mean, that's the origin, but... We just call each other knobs and it's great. It's like, hey, knobs. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love your little online community. It. It's beautiful. Yeah. So, well, let's talk a little bit about the fact that we're both, we both have something in common right now because we're both quarantined alone. We are. We did have a good chat the other day when I was in the bath. We had a little FaceTime, didn't we? Yeah. And um, I was telling you how I was struggling and you were saying that you've been struggling too. And you and I both mm. became single around the same time yeah. uh, last year. Yeah. And I guess we've both been on a bit of a journey with that, like feeling sad and then feeling really empowered and then feeling really inspired <laughs> and then feeling really sad again. And it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah. So how are you finding A, being single and B, how are you finding being quarantined alone? And what are you doing to kind of keep yourself feeling sane? So, I mean, it's intrinsically linked because I don't know about you, but I think when you're in quarantine by yourself you have so much time to think you not only have time to think but you have time to like get in your feelings about things and people and situations and memories that you probably wouldn't have been otherwise because you just would have been busy and had shit to do yeah but I mean in terms of like being single I think I definitely was at a point in my life where I needed to like level up personally yeah it's it's hard when you're trying to do that whilst being with someone where you're already I don't know that the person I was in my last relationship is almost like I needed to outgrow her and I couldn't outgrow her without being yeah. completely single and being alone. So I almost needed to like shed that version of me. Yeah. But you know, I, I, when we broke up, cause I know 
I've been through like shitty breakups in the past where you do all the things you shouldn't do, keep sleeping with them, keep meeting up with them, keep texting them, and then you just don't move on. And I think when I broke up with Dan day one, and I was like, right, this is fucking shit, but I'm gonna do everything that I should do. Thanks to Wendy as well, bless her. She was like there for me like day one. She's amazing. I started my life coaching with Wendy three days after I broke up with Dan. Oh, it's perfect um, timing. It was literally yeah, and like, we'd already planned it as well. It was. Yeah, I was just like, I'm going to make this the best breakup ever. And I'm going to do everything. Mm -hmm. And I, like, went on cooking classes. I, like, went, booked a trip by myself to Ibiza and, like, did everything. And you feel, you still feel shit. You still feel miserable. Like, I remember one night in Ibiza, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm by myself. But you just... Yeah, I remember you going and being like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be unhappy in Ibiza than be unhappy in my flat. Well, exactly, yeah. Yeah, but no, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's been really hard times. But being single and, like, rediscovering yourself is so fun. And, like, dating is really fun. And just meeting yeah. people and weirdos and stuff. It's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> meeting weirdos is great. Absolutely love it. No, there's nothing better than a good dating story where everything oh, goes wrong. Oh, God, yeah. But it is. It's a whole new world, isn't it? So what mm. are you doing now then, like, to keep yourself feeling kind of sane and happy without all that, without being able to date, without being able to go out with your friends, without being able to go out and have a drink or even just go for a coffee or a dinner or anything? It's, it's hard, isn't it? There's been moments where I've been like, this is fucking shit. Like, last week I was really struggling. Um, I don't know about you, but I go through f- moments of, like, manic happiness where I'm like, I'm so overwhelmingly happy. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I, I love I love my little bubble and my, my flat yeah. and staying in there all day and this kind of simplified version of life. Because that's what it is now. We're in this simplified version of life where we, yeah. we can just live in our bubble contained. And I seek comfort in some of that because I am more of an introvert Mm -hmm. but yeah then when you have the lows they are so low that you're like this is never I'm never gonna feel I don't know I'm never gonna feel comforted because I'm very I'm very tactile when I'm like with someone I like I like affection I like to be like held I love all that shit so yeah it's hard when you don't have that or that affection from someone and you're just sitting there and you can have base times with friends and that definitely helps. Yeah, but there's nothing um, compares to a cuddle, does it? Like, sometimes no. I go and get an Esme's cot while she's asleep and yeah. I just put her on my chest and I just hold her and cry because Aww. I'm like, I just need some kind of human cuddle contact. And the thing with Esme is she doesn't really cuddle me back. I just, I feel so excited for life to go back to normal and I'm so excited by how awesome normal is going to be soon. Yeah, I, I'm so... Imagine like, just imagine someone like putting their arms around you. How nice! Oh my god, don't be like, right, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> That's like talking dirty to me. And then my arms around. Oh god, you. I can't deal with all these couples on Instagram. I, I, I meant it when I said to you. I think this should be a fucking ban. I'm sick of it. All these people like shaving my boyfriend's head. I'm like, great. I'm glad you're happy and you've got a boyfriend and a boyfriend's head to shave. I'm completely out of here. It's like my sister, she was, ch- she was cutting her boyfriend's hair the other day and she sent it on, on the family Facebook group and I was like, I'm so jealous, I want to cut someone's hair. I yeah, same. Old me. Oh, but then you do, you have those moments where you're like, I'm a badass bitch, like I'm so empowered, I'm just smashing life, doing my thing, I'm free, I'm happy, I'm empowered, whatever. Big question, have you had any weight gain fears? Because I think this is a huge topic right now. I think people are going crazy. And I saw you were talking about the other day, there's sort of like a lot of quite fat phobic memes and things going round about like fear of weight gain and taking the piss out of it and stuff. Has that kind of come up for you at all or not? For sure. Yeah, it was probably, I think it was like week one of the lockdown. 
and mm-hmm. it's always hard to talk about it and I'm so glad I did the post because I don't know about you but I feel like when you talk about empowerment and accepting your body as it is in all forms you almost forget that you're still susceptible to mm-hmm. feeling this pressure from society and living in this kind of diet culture that we do yep. so when all these memes were coming out I felt so triggered and it was all, you know, like me day one of lockdown versus me day a hundred. And it's like a Barbie versus like an edited Barbie to look fatter. Yeah. And there were lo- loads of just loads of these memes. And I had this day, I remember it was, a, it was like a Friday, the first Friday of lockdown. And I was sitting there and I'm, I was like, oh my God, I feel really uncomfortable about the fact I can't train. And then I was sitting there and I was unp- unpicking it and I'm like, oh, it's because I can't move. And then I, I'm unpicking it further. Like, oh God, am I going to have to change the way I'm eating should I change the way yeah. I'm eating and I just felt really overwhelmed and the best way I deal with it is just to kind of do a post in it and I can put that yeah. away put it on the shelf mm-hmm. and then I ordered a Domino's and Ben and Jerry's and I just sat there and I was like this is what I need to do I just need to kind of I don't know it felt very therapeutic to just put it on yeah, the shelf yeah. do a post about it or get a takeaway it's like a ritual yeah but I, yeah I mean we were talking about this like it, it is hard and there are so many messages right now that are really disordered. There are. I had the same thing. I'd been, there was a few weeks where I started to restrict myself and I felt the more that I slipped into the restriction, the more obsessed I became, the more stressed out I was. And I had this extra pressure on me that I just didn't need at this time. And like, it was before my period and I sat down with, I've been denying myself the snacks that I wanted to eat all week for like two weeks, I think it was. I've been having, you know, alternative snacks instead. And you know what that does? It leaves you feeling really unsatisfied. And even after you've eaten this other snack that's got less calories or whatever, you still want the other snack and you're still hungry because that satisfaction factor just isn't, you didn't go there and it's not good enough. You got to eat the food that you really want to eat. And I I know all this already. You know, I had the self-awareness to know that I've been sucked back into diet culture. This is what's happening right now. I've got to feel this right now. I've got to go through this process and then I I went to the shop and I ordered all the foods that I really wanted to eat and I sat down I put them on the table in front of me and I just sat and I ate them the funny thing was as soon as I allowed myself to have them they became far less appealing anyway yeah Uh, I did end up eating like four like mini egg cakes (laughs) and a a whole Terry's chocolate orange and whatever else but like you were just saying before it had to happen for me to heal my relationship with food again and go this does not need to be on a pedestal this food has no power over me I can sit here and eat whatever the hell I want and as soon as I did that the entire pressure just lifted off me and I wasn't going in the cupboard every two seconds and and looking for something more to eat and something more to make me feel satisfied because I'd removed the restriction and because I'd removed the restriction the kind of kryptonite effect that food was having over me had just gone. A prime example of this though is the lockdown in of itself so the fact that we can't go outside right so the government is saying you need to stay indoors and you're only allowed to do one hour's exercise per day this lockdown has people wanting to go outside now. People are like really struggling with it because the government has literally said you can't you can't go outside now, you have to stay home. Yeah. So everyone is now like, oh God, I really really need to go outside, even though they could have happily <laughs> gone, you know, three days chilling in their flat and, you know, if they had the option to go outside, they would have probably stayed inside. But because yeah. we're being told we can't do these things now. Yeah. Same with like um the exercise thing everyone's kind of running now and I I actually at the start of the lockdown in my head I'm like right well if I'm exercising for one hour a day I've got to start running because that's going to be you know and then I had to sit myself down and be like I hate running I fucking hate 
running and I'm not going to stop running. And I really had to have that chat with myself and be like, what are you doing? Where is this feeling coming from? And it was coming from that classic diet culture shit, which makes you feel like you should be maximizing the amount of energy used in that hour. And I just thought, fuck it. And I'm not, I'm not doing running. (laughs) It just made me laugh so much because I literally went for a run on like the fucking second day of isolation. I was like, right, I downloaded like couch to 5k and I was like, right, got my, got my running shoes on. I went out and ran for like two minutes and I was like, why am I doing this? And just like you, I just, you uncover the root and the root it always goes back to when you're exercising and eating in a way that's not making you happy and that doesn't feel good. It's because you have an underlying fear of weight gain. It will literally drive you insane. It will drive you to do things that you really don't want to do and live a life that you don't want to live all for the purpose of losing weight. And it's, it's stressful. One question I've got for you is, I feel like at the moment on Instagram, there's a lot of diet culture floating around a lot. And I feel like many people are taking advantage of this time and people's fears around weight gain and they're using it to profit off. What's the best way that people listening can start to recognize diet culture on Instagram at the moment and really understand when they're being kind of um they're capitalizing on those insecurities and they're almost using like like these like little words that are thinly veiled as yeah. positive and all about mental health but actually it's just a fucking diet. Well, yeah, I think that's a lot, one of the main things, isn't it? That people are selling these diet plans and whatever else. And they're, one of the main things that they, they say is, this is for your mental health. This will make you happy. This will make you feel good. This will reduce your anxiety. It won't in the mm. long run. I literally typed out a message in my notes to send to this one person. I was like, I just can't do it. It's not my emotional work that I need to need to get myself involved with. But it's really, it's pissed me off because I've had a lot of people in my community who have really been affected by it. And I feel very like protective over it yeah so so first thing i'd say is um and we talked about as, as well the people that are selling these diet plans and preaching these messages of like oh mental health but really it's restriction they're not always aware of what they're doing they can kind of kid themselves into being like no it is i'm not being restrictive and no i'm not this is a positive message they might not have had that realization themselves because like i say everyone is in it so it's not always intentionally deceptive mm-hmm. and they're probably struggling as much as everyone else the only problem is when you have a platform it's really irresponsible and you have to do the work you have to you owe it to your audience to do that work yeah for me transformation pictures like you can't you can't be posting transformation pictures on instagram it's a visual platform and also mm-hmm. say it's not about aesthetics you can't say it's not about yeah. weight loss it's not about losing weight but then post a before and after picture you can't do that and i know that some people want to lose weight and you know everyone has autonomy over to do whatever the hell they want with their body and no one should feel shamed ever but call it what it is is what i'd say to mm-hmm. these influencers if you're doing a weight loss plan say it's a weight loss plan that's it you don't need to co-opt the body positivity movement you don't need to say it's all about body confidence if if you're setting a diet plan for weight loss just say that that's it done it's a weight loss plan cool that's it i find my issue is when it's like oh it's all about mental health and it's all about body confidence and it's all about this and that yeah. and it's like if you're going to do it own it don't i completely agree with you on that yeah. i think one thing that really kind of gets me going and upsets me i think a lot of people are like oh it's harmless because they've never faced an eating disorder or they've never experienced people or seen people face an eating disorder but i think one thing that gets to me the most is that when they sell a diet plan and we all know diet plans don't work i mean this is do whatever you want like you were saying you've got full autonomy over whatever you choose to do but we all know 
that diets don't work because they are restrictive, they're temporary, you can't do them forever. And they actually ruin your mental health. And what I can't stand to see is people promoting this will improve your mental health. And Mm. then what they're actually selling to people is a way to ruin their mental health and give them mental health problems. So I find that really, really difficult. But I know what you're saying, like, if people could just call it what it is, then people have the decision to make whether they want to do it or not. At least they can do it from a place of knowing what the facts are rather than being kind of, like you said, it's this thinly veiled, but very, very manipulative and very, very brainwashing tactic, marketing tactic that people have. And like you said, a lot of them don't know they're doing it. They're quite innocent in it. They think that they're doing the right thing, but they just don't understand the power they have. And that's another thing is these people have such influence and when they abuse that influence, I don't know, it just makes me angry. It gets me angry. We, we've been at events before, though, and, and situations where we've kind of looked at each other and been like, oh, God, it's quite, it feels a bit diet culture doesn't it? Or, like, because c- it's so small. And, you know, a few years ago, I wouldn't have even noticed it. But once you do learn about it, you notice it everywhere. And you're like, oh, my God. it yes. And it's quite jarring. And it's quite like, oh, because if, you know, like, you and me would probably follow people that have a similar, diet, you know, message around nutrition and training and whatever. So it is jarring when you go to these kind of general events and it's kind of woven into talks and everything. It's sneaky. You, you spot it and you're like, oh. <laughs> it can be, it can come across really, really sneakily. But that's it. Once you see diet culture, you can't unsee it. You'll spot it everywhere. And just for people listening who don't, who might maybe thinking, what is diet culture? I guess in my mind, it's this culture of the the thinner you are the more time you spend working on your body, the more time you spend trying to lose weight, the more you diet, the more the smaller you are, the leaner you are, basically, the happier you'll be. Would you agree that's the kind of message of diet culture? Yeah, yeah. It's putting weight loss, it's blindly prescribing weight loss as well to everyone, no matter what size you are. Almost like yeah. it's the default, the idea that you have to earn your food. You know, there's an article in a really well-known newspaper like the other day, and they had a whole segment on what exercise you need to do to burn off your food. <laughs> and it's like, mm. that summarises it. Like, that's it. It's everywhere. And it's being spread to yeah. the masses. Because there are people who, you know, when we, if we talk about counting calories or whatever, there are people who genuinely have no issue with doing that and it genuinely doesn't affect their mental health and they really enjoy it. There's a small minority of people who can do that and that's fine. But the problem is that it's a minority and when that information is being spread to the masses... It's just so it's that's why we a lot of us have these thoughts and and suffer with it. Yeah, because the majority of us will go down that path of downloading a calorie counting app and doing workouts that feel more like punishment and working to earn our food and burning off this and doing this much exercise or whatever and it will actually lead us down a very very dangerous, very dark and life-threatening rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that some people can, of course they can, they can count calories, they don't care, they're not bothered, it it really works for them, like it, it makes them happy, it makes them feel empowered. And it's like those people sometimes just forget that there is a huge portion of the population that engage in those behaviours and end up in a really bad situation with it all. I don't know about you, but since this lockdown, I felt like, it sounds morbid, but I feel like I've acknowledged my own mortality. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I, I feel like I... Yeah life does not feel as long as it had before life and not in a sad way but more in a way of like I'm just gonna if I feel something I'm gonna say it if I want to be around someone or be with someone I'm just gonna say it and I'm gonna say how I feel I feel like this situation has really made me understand the value and things to appreciate and I and I hope I cling on to it but it has made me 
seeing my immortality. And I'm also watching This Is Us on Amazon Prime. Oh my God, it is so watching emotional. Watching what? This Is Us. Oh, is that what I was? What I watched the other night? I don't know, did you? And I was crying. Oh, well, I put on my stories the other night that I watched this film. Was it a oh, no, it Sparks one? No, it wasn't that film, no. I did see that. It wasn't oh. that film. It's a series oh, on God, Amazon Prime. Oh, God, cry. You'll, you'll die. Oh, is it good? Oh, it's so good, but you'll cry. Every episode, you'll cry. Oh, my God, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. Great. All I need is more tears. More crying. <laughs> For God's sake. I've cried enough, honestly. I've cried enough this week. I think it's good. Okay, so I'm just... I'm going to do some quick fire questions for you now. Okay. Just oh. to end this on, on like a nice, happy vibe because it's been quite a serious chat. <laughs> ready? Are you nervous? I'm ready. I'm nervous, yeah. What's your favourite quarantine snack? Uh, It would be my marshmallow crispies and party rings on top. Oh, I saw you make those the other day. I need to try that. Yeah, that's so good. I'm not, I'm not a massive, like, very good cook, so I, I saw some of the girls that posted them and they, they looked a bit... Um... <laughs> that was like, that would be me. That would be me. One girl got raised up, yeah. <laughs> what is your favourite song? Um, Drake, Tuscan Leather. Because <laughs> I'm oh, good. Oh, what a tune. Such that's all. Oh, love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, do you prefer texting or talking? Talking now. Used to be texting, now it's talking on the phone. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it, to co- to connect. Yeah. Who was your first ever celebrity crush? Uh oh, it'd be Lucas Scott. Oh no, wouldn't it be Lucas Scott? No. Oh no, it was um that guy from Five. What's that guy from Five with the abs? Is he called Abs? He might be called Abs. Oh, I'm not sure. I don't know Five very well. Oh, did you mean Lucas Scott as in the guy from the basketball? Show? I was gonna say him, but he wouldn't have been my first one. But he, yeah, he would have been. He's so fit though. He's so fit. Yeah. That's really bad. I've been re-watching them and I'm like, oh, he's still fit. I might do that. I might do that. Um, Cake or pie? Cake. Say any word in Spanish. Oh. (laughs) Margaritas. (laughs) Margaritas. I don't know. Oh, I don't even know. Paella. I don't even know if that's a Spanish word, but I don't know it. Paella. How many times have you cried this week? Oh, probably this week so far, uh, mm. probably four times. What day is it? Friday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like it was condensed into like one or two days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hot or cold? Hot. Giving presents or getting presents? Mm, both are stressful. I feel awkward at both. <laughs> um, probably, do you know what? Giving. I sent someone a nice little package in the mail. And I felt really happy about it. I like giving myself presents. I just feel awkward when other people give me them. <laughs> yeah, same. I can't stand opening presents in front of people. Oh, I'm like, look away. No, it's the worst. Okay, so when you're dating a guy, what is your biggest deal breaker? What's your biggest first red flag where you're like, no? Um, them talking about ex-girlfriends, for sure. Um, but also just the way they interact with, like, people at the bar. You know, like, bar staff or, like, restaurant yeah, yeah. staff How and they stuff. treat, like, um, waitresses and waiters. Yeah. And, and also, yeah. I'm not going to lie, I like to be treated on the first date. If someone, guy makes me spit the bill. If he's invited me on a date and he makes me spit the bill on the first date, I'm sorry. I, I Do you know what? I agree. I'm all about um, balance in a relationship. It actually makes me feel quite empowered to pay for myself. But there is nothing worse than being on a first date and them just being, like yeah, we're going to split this. Like, it's, it's just a bit gross. I, I can't agree. tell you how many dates I've been on with guys where they've organised a date, they've been like, meet me, at this, meet me at this bar, and they've asked to split the bill, and they've been ordering me cocktails, doing that whole thing of like, oh, you should try this one. And the bill comes, oh and they want to fucking split it. I, like that that my, is so rude. My, my, my feminism wants to be treated on a first date. I'm all about equality. Like, in a relationship, What fine. about if you asked a guy out, would you then pay? 
if I asked a guy out, I'd be more open to going halves. Yeah. I don't know if I'd pay though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're worth sis. Good. Okay. And lastly, who is your absolute favorite Insta account to follow? Um, obviously love yours, but I can't say you, can okay. I? Because that would be like... <laughs> Don't look at your ass. I can't say that. Okay, so um, do not, you don't have to say me. <laughs> no, I do love yours. Um, Dante Collie. Do you follow him? No, I don't follow this Dante person. Dante Collie. No. Guys, ever you need to follow him. He is, he does like dances and he's... Oh, a, yes, I do know who you mean. He is yeah, so funny. He's the best. Everything he's, about him. Love his aesthetic. So funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Follow him. How do you spell it? At? It's D-O-N-T-E-C-O-L-L-E-Y, mm-hmm. I think. Don't okay, take sure on it. Just, he's good vibes. Just good vibes. Thank you so much. I think we all need some good vibes at the moment. Yeah. But it's been amazing talking to you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, guys. That's all right. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Word, the podcast. Thank you so, so much for joining me. I really hope that you love this episode. Don't forget to join me next time and have a beautiful